This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. A very good morning to all and sundry, and uh, this is the morning run on BFM 89.9 with me, Kusu Chong, and Wong Xiaoning, reunited. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kusu Chong. 13th Don't... of June 2022. We've been, we've been hither and thither, haven't we? Yeah, we haven't actually been in the same room thanks to COVID because we practice all these rotation and blah, 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 but life is back to normal, almost, almost to endemicity. Almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you have, well, I mean, I don't want to reveal where you've been. Yes, but, it's um, been revealed on air. Have I, you? Yes, yeah. yes. I went to a certain party's second headquarters. A certain party's second headquarters? Oh, yeah. They love to go there, right? They love to go there. Basewater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Basewater, Harrods, Selbridges, you might bump into them. Knightsbridge. Knights Apartments Bridge. all over the shop. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I, well, I've been local. I've been domesticized. I but was you, you, you did a certain... Uh, Amazing thing over the weekend or last Not that week, amazing, right? La. No, I think it deserves a clap. Come on, Kusu really? Chong. Yes, tell people Isn't what you did. Thing? Yes, it is. Really? It's an achievement. Kinabalu, um, 4,100 meters with my son, just two of us. Well done. Mm. We have our own very little uh, Edmund Hillary here in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, la. It was an MBM, major bonding moment. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad that you managed to have that major bonding moment with your son. Yeah, it's not easy. Would you though. recommend it? Yeah, but you gotta train lah. It's the okay. weather, it's the cold, it's quite technical in parts. So um, it's it can far... be quite dangerous actually. Okay, but worth the climb. Yeah, worth the, the climb. The view spectacular. View spectacular. Actually it's a very beautiful mountain. Much more beautiful I would say than say Rinjani. Rinjani okay. is gorgeous in, in Lombok, in, right? Yeah, that's in Indonesia, right? Yeah, but the sun actually very beautiful lah. Well we done, yeah. I was on the one ringgit mountain as well. You know the one ringgit. You know the one ringgit note. Oh, okay, okay. Ah, uh, you were, the, you went all the way there. Pictures are taken also. Like. Okay, must lah, must lah, must <laughs> must immortalize the moment. But uh, consecrated. Okay, but we as usual have a pretty packed show today, don't we? Yeah, Chong. tell us quarter past seven. What's going on? Wong? Inflation, inflation, and inflation, and we're going to be discussing that with the uh, Ram economist Woon Kai Jack. Okay, half past seven. It's all about the Apple's um, worldwide, well, Apple Inc.'s worldwide developer conference. That's happened last week. We talked to Danny Ives of uh, Wedbush Security. Sets at seven thirty, and then at seven forty-five, politics, politics, politics. When will that merry-go-round ever end? We're going to be discussing that with political analyst Dr. Azmi Hassan. Okay, well, stay with us for the entire morning if you can, because that's all is in store for eight of us. Six oh two in the morning, BFM eighty-nine point nine. BFM 89.9, that was the Beatles with a little help from my friends. Not many people know this. It was a Lennon-McCartney composition, but sung by Ringo Starr, the drummer. Did you, oh, know, that? Did you know that? I did know that. Very yeah. seldom do we hear him on vocals. That's right, that's mm. right. Okay, 6.09 in the morning. I've chosen this story, Wong, from uh, the Asia Nikkei Times, because I thought it was very relatable to, to not only you, but also the Times. And um, you know how Wait, wait, wait Rewind a little bit But never mind <laughs> I'm not sure it's relatable To me specifically But yes, Diamonds, continue Kusu. jewelry Girls, best friends you know I that don't sort of really thing? buy That kind of stuff Kusu Chuang. Okay, but you know about investments And I yes, chose I, a story okay, because, I hope I do <laughs> Yeah, because You know how last week, right The markets took another Massive leg down Oh my goodness um, There are no words for it, man It was a blood bath It was a blood bath Literally a blood bath it, it was really, really bad And everything collapsed Okay, right? just to remind everybody The Dow closed down 2.8%, S&P 500 down 2.9%, Nasdaq down 3.5%. This was just Friday's closing, by the way, yeah, on the back of CPI yeah. data at 8.6%. All the major indices between 18 and 28% down on the yep. year. So it's been massively bad for risk assets so mm-hmm. far this year, right? And the inflation. So anyway, so basically a lot of people are wondering where to put their money and where to find a refuge. So there's this guy, this billionaire guy in Hong Kong, his name is Kelvin Lowe. He and his rich buddies have started this jewellery fund. They're piling in as much money as they can. At last count, one point 
1.1 billion US dollars, right? Mm. To invest in um, one-off assets like necklaces and paintings and, and diamonds and rings and stuff like that from big brands like Bulgari and Van Cleef and Arpels, right? As kind of like a refuge for, um, for their money. And it made me think, right, in terms of what's going on in the world and where to, like, protect your cash, right? Because obviously cash is... Cash is trash, like Ray Dalio says, right? I'm not sure it's trash anymore. Chua. It's not. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of I funds are holding I, cash, right? Yeah. 30 percent cash. I think in Peter Eshel's case, he's he yeah. I mean, his, if yeah. you expect the Fed, okay, they, they're meeting this Wednesday. I bet you hundred bucks they're going to raise rates by at least fifty bips, okay, with the inflation rate eight point six. Okay, let's have a wager then. Come on. And then another probably fifty bips, if not seventy five bips. They have okay, no choice in July, and then another maybe fifty bips in September. We're looking at maybe rates going to three percent by year end. So cash is not trash anymore. Cash used to be trash, but maybe not. And well, even, the, yeah. my favorite term, my era of ultra low rates has just come to an end. So if the Fed funds rate go to 3%, mm-hmm. right? But inflation is still running hot at, say, 8%, you're still minus 5. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. So, yeah. But that's better than losing 18% on the market, right? Which is what a lot of investors are feeling the heat from now. Uh, unless you buy into um, Mr. Lowe's fund. Lah. <laughs> ah, so then it goes back to whether you believe that the uh, the fund and its intention, its mandate in terms of like what is buying, which is what? Jewellery, paintings, is it? One of lah, very One rare, of, yeah. Yeah, how do you, my question is how do you value those things? You know, the market is so small. Uh, it's not. It's not an exchange, right? It's literally OTC products, isn't it? Because who knows what? What I mean, your value of, let's say, this Bulgari diamond mm. is very subjective. Of course, there's some objective. Is five carats worth so much? Seven yeah. carats worth so much? Yeah. But the value of that is going to be more than just the, you know, like the list price. So that's why I thought it's fascinating because we've we've had essentially thirteen years of quantitative easing, right? Mm. There's so much cash in the world right now. And you know how... I the, don't know whether there's still cash because there's been value well, there's, destruction, there's, right? Correct, correct. So the value of that, don't know, lah, huh? but uh, the, there's cash, right? Uh-huh. And it's it's typically filtered to the upper echelons and that's why the rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. And so in terms of the liquidity of these things... There's no liquidity. There's, there is liquidity because I believe, I believe, right, there is always a race for rarity. And yeah, that's, but why I, you I see, what... that's why you see sometimes, right, the most expensive stuff that's always get bought up. And we saw the Da Vinci. What was that? What was that... Um, Painting, I uh, can't remember. So, I mean, okay. $150 million US dollars, crazy. Yeah, I, to me, these items don't have liquidity in the true sense of the word because you need to find a willing buyer. It, it's not like a, a stock where as long as the stock is still traded, you probably can get out, but it's a question of at what price, right? So yeah. even if you were Serba Dynamic and, and it was relisted <laughs> on that How day, much you, you could actually get out of Serba Dynamic for six cents or whatever, right? It's just that your, your cost might have been three bucks, but you can, six I think cents. I Serba to 18 cents, right? Okay, but <laughs> if, it was, if it's like a, a diamond from Van Cleef, it's not that easy, right? It's not like tomorrow you can literally get out of it. So I, I think the, the fund does have a... It's interesting, it's but interesting, it yeah. is interesting. I think it has a, a role to play in terms of if you are ultra rich, but it's back to diversification, right? How much do you want to put into this fund? And I think we're going to increasingly see interesting funds like this because, hey, one asset class that was supposed to be a hedge against inflation, against market uh, falling is cryptocurrencies. And I don't need to remind oh everybody, God. Bitcoin Crypto. this morning, 27,000 uh, Ether, 1,469 US dollars. 
There is no refuge in cryptocurrencies yeah. at all. It, it's just been a bloodbath there too. They used the parallel gold, didn't they? Then now they started the parallel uh, stocks. So that's the, the technical analysts are saying that if it falls below twenty five thousand, it's twenty. It's down to twenty or eighteen. Ooh. Okay, six fifteen, six fourteen in the morning. I think the present question here is to tell us what you're doing in terms of uh, protecting your assets, lah. You know. So tweet us if you can. BFM eighty nine point nine. BFM 89.1, Coldplay with Shiver. Something we do in the morning in the studio because the icon is quite cold, shall we say. I'm trying I think with, it's uh, done on purpose to make sure that we don't fall asleep. <laughs> it's more for the servers, actually, I yeah, think, not yeah. for us. No, so that it doesn't overheat. And of course, Wong Shaoning. So I chose this story. This one is from the South China Morning Post, Wong. And it's about how, well, I guess everybody is now flying, right? Both domestically and internationally. And I, th- I think South China Morning Post is asking a very important question. Because tourism in, in Asia is so economies in Asia are so dependent on tourism for money. And I think in Thailand, I think it's like 20% of the income, yeah. 15%, 20%. Sabah, I just came from Sabah. Tourism is so important in Sabah, right? For the two years I was locked down, they had no income. So the question is really, with this global recession looming on the horizon, um, can tourism... Um, survive what's going on in terms of runaway prices, supply chain disruptions. And I'm looking at the oil prices, right, Wong? 120 bucks a barrel now, right? If you want to fly anywhere, you've got to take an aeroplane. An aeroplane needs aviation fuel. If those prices go up. Now, I've been checking the prices for, say, Taiwan la, for the last mm. few months, right? It's gone up by 30% in the last two weeks. Jet fuel, for sure, has yeah, gone up. Yeah, on Skyscanner. You can actually yeah. check airfares on Skyscanner. They've mm. gone up 30% in the last two weeks. So um, I, I don't know. So it's looking a bit... You know what I mean, right? This forecast of GDP this year, that's the year. I don't know. This this whole recession thing. It's, okay, it's, it's like the world is in a bit of a, a mess, you know. I I wouldn't know how to... Maybe there's it's a better It's got a bit mad, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because you've got jet fuel at 120, you know. Okay. Boiler. Brand crude at 120, which means that jet fuel has definitely also gone up, yeah. right? It's correlated. So it should be demand disruptive. But then the airlines are just beginning to recover. Some of them have already implemented fuel surcharges. We have already seen that. Uh, hotel rates also have gone up, especially in the US. Uh, even in today's star, page four, tourists are back, but not workers. That's the headline, right? Mm. So um, people want to travel again, but prices are going up because of inflation. You can't get labor and then you have to pay more than minimum wage. Yep. I don't know how long this this sense of good time is going to be there in terms of the tourism yes. sector being a, in a bit of a mini boom before it actually comes back to you know ground zero. Yeah, yeah. Because in America, right, um, a lot of people are saying the oil prices there surging because the supply chain disruptions. People are not buying Russian oil because mm. this embargo or these the sanctions. But actually, people have been traveling more than ever before. Airlines are full, hotels are full. Uh, people are driving. The rigs are moving. The trucks are going across the country. Um, it's it's also a demand led. Price increase as well as the supply shock uh, disruption. So there's, it's like a double whammy of sorts. Yeah, but I don't and know how long the, it can continue though. The trifecta is then, of course, the Russian war, right? And yeah. then now China's making these, these quite ominous sounds in the in the Straits of Taiwan and da 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 da. And I don't know, man. It's, it's um, I don't know. So what is your point, Chuang? That the recession is coming very soon and all these good times that you see in the tourism sector maybe, is coming to an end? Maybe we're going to get imported recessionary times because America, there's a high chance now that America might fall into some kind of slowdown. Right, um, we're seeing that already. Yeah, we are seeing right? that. We are seeing that actually. I don't know. I'm, you know, the economists. Sorry, not the economists. The Bloomberg has has uh, models running, and there's a seventy five percent chance that US will be in recession in twenty twenty three. Twenty five percent chance in twenty twenty two. All these are self fulfilling prophecies, right? So markets will behave accordingly in anticipation of that. How bad the recession will be will be a question mark. But at the same time. 
the COVID-19 for certain segments of society, and I'm not saying this as a general thing, for certain segments of society, people have become more affluent. Yeah. And at the same time, there has been real a real sense of cabin fever. People yeah. want to travel yeah. again. Yeah. We as humans have always been explorers, right? Since since day one, right? And I think being trapped at home for the last two years was a lot to bear. So tourism, I think, will recover, but maybe not in the, the same pace that we saw in the last, what, two, three months? I think we're going to see... And the tourism world. might change also, the nature of it. Yeah, yeah. Prices, um, the value of... The, or what the, you want to do? The propositions, how it's going to customize, even airplanes and how they're designed and built and 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 priced. Mm. I think this is all going to change. I think for sure, like one thing might happen is that we might take uh, fewer shorter breaks, take longer breaks now. Uh, we might consider more ecotourism out there, being with nature rather than being trapped in a mall because you think, oh, I don't want to be yeah. with a million other people in a small space. What was, what was it like in the um, Malaysian political party's second home? Was it, was, it, was was it, was it booming? It was booming. Cafes, restaurants, full? Yeah, full. A lot of actually locals, a lot of the English out and about, right? And nobody's wearing any masks at all. Are there still English people in London? Yes, yes. Occasionally you hear English <laughs> besides Russian, besides every other foreign language. Um... So, yeah, but I think, you know, like I went to Italy. That was the other place I went to, right? Which, you had to drop it in. Of course, you? no, no, no. I wanted to use the city of Venice, which of course is a tourism mecca. Like, yeah, yeah, tourism capital. And I talked to the hotel, uh, the people at the hotel, and then they are also at Two Minds because they live in Venice. Yeah. And they say, you know, at the peak of tourism, when there were all those cruise ships bringing thousands Horrible, of people, right? it was so tough. But when there weren't any of these tourists, so many people lost their jobs. Mm. It was tough for many families, you know. And then they realised, what is the delicate balance between encouraging tourism, but yet having a city to live in? And I think these are the questions that we still don't have answers for. I don't think anybody's got the answer for because yeah. there's so much uncertainty. So if, if, if in terms of your mental health, right, if you're one of those people that likes order and systems, then this must be quite chaotic for you. Are you Do talking you know I mean? about me? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> well, I'm looking at you, but I, you know. <laughs> well, again, but, tell us what you think. How yeah, you gonna, are yeah. you going back and traveling? Are you going back traveling? How are you preparing for this uncertain future? How are you building your mental resilience? All these issues are uppermost of our minds. Six twenty-six in the morning. Tweet us if you can. BFM eighty-nine point nine. BFM 89.9, Red Hot Chili Peppers with Scar Tissue, one of the most famous riffs in all of rockdom. <laughs> I'm strong with shouting this morning. I'm now, sorry that was strong trying <laughs> desperately to be cool but failing. No, not trying to be cool. It is one of the most famous guitar riffs in all of rockdom. Come yeah, on, yeah, right? Yeah, they are cool but you're not you. But never mind. <laughs> okay, international news time, okay? I chose a story from, um, basically, I think it's the Washington Post, who reports that this guy, this Google engineer, his Only name is... the most serious stuff from you, right, Trump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so this guy, um, Blake Lemoyne, he's an AI engineer who works in Google's responsible AI uh, department who, who interacts with Lambda. Lambda is Google's uh, AI chatbot, right? He's gone public and he's gone public breaching confidentiality within Google's laws when he's, because he's saying that Google's AI chatbot is now sentient, right? <laughs> sentient means it's got... Feelings has got a point are we, of view. Are we having like a matrix moment now? No, no. I'm, I, this is actually this happened in the Washington <laughs> yeah. Post. It's reported in the War Post, right? Okay. And ask Jeff Bezos this if you don't believe him, right? So okay, anyway, I'm sure. Let me give him a call later after the show. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> pass, so, pass so, his number WhatsApp so, number to me, so please. So listen, right? So in this interview with the Washington Post, Lemoyne said that when he was interacting with 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 Lambda, which is the chatbot, right, talked about religion, right? The Lambda, the bot, started discussing its its rights and personhood. 
Now, uh. if, if that sounds dodgy, listen more, right? Another time, Lemoyne was talking to um, Lambda about third, Asimov's third law of robotics, which states that a robot must, must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Okay? The, the robot said that it has its own personality and, and has to be protected. And we should th- play the Matrix soundtrack now. Yeah. So, or Terminator, so, whichever so which it is. Which then brings me to my next story, which, which shows that Microsoft Chief Technology Officer, Kevin Scott, he thinks AI should be regulated. My question is, why hasn't it been done earlier? Because mm. we've, you know, the engineers just focus on doing the best they can to, to, to reach the end point of their work. Okay. But they don't think about the consequences. That is true. I, I do think it should be regulated. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I'm going to bring us a little bit back to Earth, Chuang, <laughs> after that <laughs> very esoteric we, conversation. We deal with AI all the time Yeah, yeah, now. yeah, yeah. They know every facet of our life. Everything. Because we share everything online, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we do. Our phones uh, reveal so much about us. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking at the Singapore Straits Times and as we know, the Shanghai Dialogue just over. I think the big key takeaway was Beijing warning uh, on Sunday that its relationship with the United States would not improve unless Washington stops trying to suppress and contain China on all fronts. And I this think is they're of referring course, to Taiwan, aren't they? Yeah, aren't they? a lot to do with Taiwan. And of course, this is uh, comments made by the Chinese Defence Minister, Wei Fengher. Uh, he said that you know Beijing is committed to peaceful development and maintaining social international order, but it would fight to the very end if its core interests, such as Taiwan, were threatened. Yeah, the the worst thing about history is the um is the inconvenient um re- reality that it tends to repeat itself, right? Mm. And in the Second World War, we had the you know the war in Europe started to break out. It became a world war when then Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, and then the Japanese and the I think the Italians and the, the Germans and yeah, the Axis and ex- the Allies of evil, yeah. so called, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Are we there again? I hope not. I hope not. I hope. Uh, well, we never know. The, the issue about South China Sea is that there's just so much uh, ships out there, planes out there, an accident could happen. You never really know over the Taiwan Straits as well. So cooler hits need to prevail. Now, talking about something totally irrelevant, but a little bit... I love irrelevant Yeah, stuff. I know. Uh, did you know that McDonald's in Russia has o- reopened under new ownership? No way. No yes. way. Yes. So a Siberian businessman has taken over the Russian stores and revised some of them with a brand to mark Russia Day. So it has reopened. Apparently, the food is pretty much the same. The name has changed and it's trans... It's... Vukosnov and Toshka, which translate, excuse me, that's clearly very bad Russian, which translates to tasty, and that's it. Oh, okay, which then brings me on to my next point, because now the next kind of like industry lingo in America is called shrinkflation, right? Yeah, yeah. So shrinkflation is the, is the, is the phenomenon where um, merchants, they tend to keep prices at the same level, yes. but then they shrink the product. Yes. And I saw that in real live, vivid Technicolor in Katakinabalu Airport, right? KK Airport, right? Why? What would you eat? The Big Mac, which my son was having. Uh-huh. So, no, he had a yeah, he had a Big Mac, and I had a quarter pounder. Yeah, quarter pounder. It was how you say, did it look like London a quarter? Did you weigh it? It did not look like because it was shrunk. It like honey, I shrunk the kids. But <laughs> McDonald's and hey, hey, McDonald's not cheaper. McDonald's no. two of us, right? Two meals and two Oreo Oreo McFlurries. I think 40 bucks, 35 bucks. It's called not inflation. Cheap. Everything's gone up. It's I think the, you know what Vibes did over the weekend, which was, uh, I mean, it's not international news, but it's interesting is they did a Roti Chanai index. 
Brilliant. And they showed the roti china prices across Malaysia. And guess what? It's it's a global it's though. a global phenomenon. I think that's that's what it is, right? Rising food prices. But very quickly in the Financial Times also, when it comes to international news, I think this is something we want to highlight. Uh, there's a rare bipartisan deal in the US on modest US gun reform in the wake of the shootings. Now it falls short of some of the measures such as assault weapons ban that was demanded by President Joe Biden. But at least they're making some headways because. This year alone, apparently, there have been 26 or 29 shootings uh, in schools. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, why why would you want to be... I don't understand it. You know, these are kids. They just yeah. go to school and learn. And why is it suddenly such a scary place? I wonder how Biden deals with this whole issue because midterms are coming up. And I think I think the Dems have... The word has it on the street that the Dems are quite... Quite, quite conscious that if Biden goes up against Trump in 2024, 2025, yeah. right? He is going to have a But there's bit more of a bad rumblings showing. that he won't, he won't run. Yeah. yeah. Biden won't Maybe run again. Kamala, right? Who knows? Yeah. Okay, 6.46 in the morning. We'll come back after this with domestic news in turn. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, that was Dinah Ross, a.k.a. Michael Jackson's best friend, with uh, Upside Down <laughs> from the 70s. I think 70s, right, Wong? Yeah. Anyway, so, I'm nodding. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, time for local news, and I'm going to read this article from the Free Malaysia today. And I think it's a couple of days old, but it still bears mentioning, right? Mm-hmm. Atansri Tony Fernandez, he of AirAsia and Capital A, he wants to list the business in the, on the New York Stock Exchange. It's reported in the Financial Times. It is, it Hello, is, right? is that kosher C- reporting correct, okay for correct. you? Hello, Free Malaysia today is fantastic. No, no, journalism. all I mean, as in it, there's more than one source, so clearly kosher correct. news. So these are they're just reprinting love. But anyway, so the quote is that if you want to be an actor. You're probably going to want to end up in Hollywood at some stage in your career. That's Tony, quote unquote. Does it, can, can someone um, remind him yeah. that I, like Capital A his... now is practice note 17 on yeah. the Malaysian Stock Exchange? It's a listing for groups in financial distress. Yeah. Mm, so and we... it, although Tony insists that it's a solvable accounting issue, I don't know. It's. Stranger things have happened in America. I think was it Hertz or something? A couple of years ago, they were filing for bankruptcy. The shares went berserk. Uh, um, I don't think, I'm not sure Hertz is in the same situation. Or financial let's say, distress. Yeah, capital let's A. Just put it that yeah. Way, yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Yeah. You can say you want to do that, but yeah. let's see how let's see how you get there. Correct lah. What else have you got on your docket lah, Wong? I've got this uh, article in the um, New Shades Times, page five. It's feel in front of my house looks better, and this is um, sadly the what we see uh, during the AFC Asian Cup uh, qualifier match between Malaysia and Bahrain on Saturday. Um, it was raining, right? So what we saw was videos of the Bukit Jalil National. Stadium personnel using dustpans and brooms to sweep away the water from the football pitch. Are you, are you serious? Yes. Wow. So what's happened to the upgrading work at the National Stadium? Where's all the public money going? Mm. Well, um, I'm Somebody said s- it's a panda, uh, Padang Banjir. Oh, that's so bad. La. That's so bad. It's like we've got all these white elephants all around Malaysia. We've got the F1 track, which is like in bad need. Da, 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 right. And the list goes on. And the list goes on. Okay, um, the Edge Weekly, on their Frankly Speaking, well, that's my favourite section, actually. They're talking about how Malaysia should not delay uh, appointing Mavcom commissioners. But they have, over... They have, over the weekend. Yeah. So I'm going to read out the statement, right? Uh, Rajatan is one of them. Dato Sri Long Siwi, Wu, Wu, or we. As a member of the commission, two or mm. two new members, Dato Roger Tan called me and Dato Bon Kamarasaman. I think Dato Wan is formerly of Co-op, right? Yes, yes, he yeah. was... Uh, 
the for, CEO. The three of them have been appointed for a term of three years, so that's interesting, and I think, in terms of where the aviation industry is going and whether Malaysia would be, I think, uh, put back in the Malay- uh, the US list. I think yeah. right now, America, Malaysia can't fly to America, right? Yeah, over safety yeah. issues. Safety issues, yeah. So I think that's interesting. Mavcom have got three new blokes on the, um, on the team. Good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that is in the star page six is all about our personal data, which is floating around oh, yeah, out I there for sale, well. right? Yeah. So, of course, the headline is your personal data on sale cheap. MCMC blocks website with my card, my Sajatra banking info for a few ringgit. I'm just curious, why is our data out there in the first place? Who because leaked it out? And because well, it's out there, is is there going to be any uh, hits rolling as to where the Have you been noticing a lot of calls un- lot, unsolicited? Non-stop. Do you want to sell your house? Yes. Do you want to buy this? Do you want to have that money? Yes. You want to take this, like, yeah. I thought we had the Data Protection Act or because... I'm 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 just curious. Is the leaks actually from where? Is it from the private sector or from the public sector? I, I think the because leaks... the Data Protection Act, from what I gather, doesn't cover the government actually. Oh really? Yes. So maybe these things need to be looked at more seriously because it doesn't matter where the leak is from. The fact is that the data is out there for sale, putting us in a very vulnerable position, and leading to even more scams that we know about day in day out because uh, people know who to call. Actually, a friend of mine, his PA, it's not not friend of mine, he's my brother-in-law. His PA just got scammed of twenty-four thousand ringgit and her life savings. Huh? Yes, you know, a lot of it is the source of this is because they know who exactly you know which number to dial, right? Yeah. So I think this has to be looked at very seriously because, like you say, AI is for real, data it's for is for real. real, it's for real. But we need to protect the large source of society. Okay, I've got this uh, item from actually um, our listener Robert Saw. He's given us a story from uh, Focus Malaysia actually, and he's citing uh, the fact that uh, Tansri Kadir Jazin has told the PM to not be so self-absorbed and improve English mastery which I think is quite wise words from an old head because we do need to be as multilingual as possible to, to deal with essentially international affairs and, you know, English is the lingua franca of the business world. Okay, when we look at Malaysia, what is what was so attractive to many MNCs in the 1980s, 1990s and the 2000s yeah. to uh-huh. set up operations here in Malaysia? One, of course, we had a rule of law. We give, we'll, let's, have, let's have some credit we on that. We used to have a rule of no, law. No, we, we do, we do. Secondly is I think we, we spoke pretty good English compared to a lot of our regional neighbours. So why are we now abandoning that? How come we don't want to reinforce that notion? Especially, and if you think about it, right, in terms of FDI flow, we are losing out to places like Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, where the people there are... Don't even speak English. And are desperately trying to learn it, by the way. Okay. So I don't see why we cannot have mastery of all languages simultaneously. Strange days indeed. Strange days indeed. Five minutes to seven o'clock. We'll come back after this with the news and beyond that. Markets with uh, Brian Assis. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.